ஹ <coughs> 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 for numerous amal very great virtues virtues for tilawat of the quran sharif virtues for zikr of allah tbaraka wa taala for tasbihat there are aspects mentioned which are very very enticing things which really make a person very eager to perform those actions and make a person want to do many many things now there are those who have that enthusiasm that eagerness they really want to excel but together with all that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has advised that the most beloved of actions to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala is ma dima alayhi wa in qalla are those actions which are constant even though they may be little the constancy is what is required now even though they may be little does this mean that if a person is making just one salah a day so it's little but just be constant on that then it'll be fine it's obvious that this is completely wrong to understand it in that manner the ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the first recipients of these ahadith the people who were addressed first were the sahaba ikram and therefore we must understand this principle all the time that whatever virtues were given whatever aspects were mentioned we must keep in mind this background that the sahaba were the first people that were addressed and what was their position and condition what was their situation that in their hearts it was impossible to imagine a person missing his first salah impossible they couldn't think about it it was only a munafiq in one hadith nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that it's only a munafiq that will miss fajr and isha for example anybody else will never miss it so that was the society at that time that was the manner in which they conducted themselves that was the extent of their diligence their ex- the extent of their adherence to the co- com- uh, commands of allah tbaraka wa taala so it doesn't even cross the mind that these virtues are for somebody who just does this only 
even though he's not doing the other fundamental things, he's missing his salah, he's perhaps not fulfilling his zakat, or he's not fasting in the month of Ramadan, it's not possible to think about it. In fact, even the faraiz, the wajibat, the sunnat muakkada they were very, very punctual on this. What this refers to is, over and above these aspects, the nawafil. Now, for example, tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Now, the lesson that is being given to us is, that if a person is, for example, not making five paras a day, person is not making three paras, making one para only, okay, somebody maybe even half, perhaps somebody, because they just started off, maybe making even quarter para a day. What is very beloved to Allah Ta'ala is, that then there is that constancy on that quarter para. And so gradually, a person then builds up from there, and moves ahead. Rather than a person starting off on a very high note. Now the person is not yet accustomed to extra amal, but the enthusiasm came. We heard the virtues of some ahadith, mashallah, excellent. So overnight, we decided to start off with five paras a day, or three paras a day, overnight. And also waking up for tahajjud at the late part of the night. And also making awabin, and ishraq, and chasht. Excellent, all these are very great amal. But can we sustain it starting off at that level overnight? What will happen is, after two days, three days, five days, the person will get tired and leave everything, drop everything. This constancy then will never be achieved. And whereas the greatest thing that is looked for in terms of nawafil is the constancy. Nawafil are very important. We must not think that it is by the way. Unfortunately, that is how we view nafil. Nafil means you can leave it out. That is a technical thing that nafil, if a person does not do it, he won't be answerable for it. But it is like a person sitting now at a meal and that biryani is in front. So the person now is looking that what happened? They didn't bring the papar yet. Why there is no salads? Whereas... Is there any kitab that says that with biryani you must eat salads and papar? But a person is looking for all the extras. And then supposing there was nothing to drink with it. No cold drinks or whatever, juices or anything. The person says it was like a half job done here. Whereas that's a luxury meal. It's not just bread and water or something. It's a luxury meal. Now that luxury meal the person is eating and they're looking for the extras still. That these people they cut short here, man. They cut in corners. So whereas they went out of their way to prepare that biryani, but we're saying they cut in corners. There was no salad, and there was no papar, and there was no cold drinks, and there was no whatever else, all the other extras that go with it. And then on top of that, afterwards, if there was no dessert, then we also got to complain for that too. So why is there complaint? Because we want the extras. So when it comes to our eating, it comes to our dressing, it comes to our homes, it comes to our luxuries, comforts, then we all the time want extras, we want the additional things, we want all the frills and fancies, we want to go out of our way to make things mix and match, and to make sure the color coordination is right, and everything must be upgraded, upgraded and updated, and keep increasing the standard of things, how long are we going to carry on on the same level now? We must improve. 
must improve now. For how long are we going to keep using all these plastic things now? Now we must start making everything stainless steel now. So it all must shine because plastic doesn't have a shine. So all the kitchen things and all the the for the clothes in the for the washing, everything now must turn to stainless steel now. This plastic is all outdated. So now there'll be an upgrade now. All these extras we'll want. When it comes to dunya, we want all these extras. But our deen, then if we did the farz, even if we did it a rushed manner, and in any way and every way, but if uh, we did a rushed job, then this is something that we still feel very, very proud about ourselves, that I did a terrific job. This is something which I, I did excellent. Whereas we know what we have done, how we have done it. If Allah Ta'ala forgives us, and this absorbs us of the obligation of the fard, that too will be his great favor. To expect any sawab and reward on that too is like a far away thing, the way we go about it. And then on top of that we say, well there's nafil, I don't really, it's nafil now, so I don't have to worry about it. Whereas the nafil is what will make up the deficiency in the farz on the day of Qiyamah. That a person now, his farz wasn't, the quality was not the way it should be. So the quality, the deficiency in the quality of the farz, this extra that we performed in the nafil, inshallah that will be counted to make up for the quality. So now this nafil is not a small thing, it's a very big thing. In the hadith sharif, Nabi Salaam says that Allah Ta'ala says, that my servant gets closest to me with the things that I have made compulsory, the faraiz. But then after that, he becomes closer to me and closer to me and keeps getting closer to me by means of the nawafil. Hatta ahbabtuhu. To the extent that he then becomes my beloved. Can we imagine dirty, filthy people like us? And Allah Ta'ala says, that person becomes Allah Ta'ala's beloved. Who? Together with the faraiz, the person is excelling in nawafil. So the nawafil, the nafil salah, etc., the tasbihat, the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, all the other nafil, righteous actions, these are not small things, these are major things. And this takes a person towards Allah tabarak wa ta'ala and towards becoming the beloved of Allah ta'ala. So, this is something to work towards, but the lesson we are discussing is, that all this needs to be built up gradually. Now a person started off on a high note. What happens then? After a while, then we fall as hard as we climbed. As fast as we climbed, we fall as hard. In all various things in life, people have the same, unfortunately, that same kind of policy. Everything at a bang. Somebody wants to now uh, do something now in their homes, everything must get done at a one hit person wants to now, sometimes you get people going on to diets and so on, for example. Now, all kinds, just all this same story must go on. It. Whereas, if a person is eating in moderation, to start off with, there's no need for such a person to go on a diet. And if a person hasn't been on moderation, then to come back to moderation also requires moderation. But people, every now and again we get these kind of questions coming. That, uh, well, somebody has gone on a diet and now they are getting weak. But uh, is this kind of diet permissible? Now, all this is the same. But these are often, one is the diet, 
more than the diet. People just get caught up in whatever is going around. Everybody is doing something, I must do it. It's like a fashion kind of thing. Everybody is doing it, I must do it. And after six months, they'll come back to say that, no, it was a very harmful thing. Then again, there'll be a new, new story. Whereas in deen, we have been taught moderation in everything. And when there's moderation, there's no problem. So this is the lesson, this is what we are taught to do, constancy and moderation. When a person is now starting off, he's starting off in moderation, in Nawafil. Now he started off with Kodapara, started off with some Tasbihat, hundred times Duru Sharif, hundred times Istighfar, and now he's constant upon it, and some Nafil, maybe two rakats after the Isha, with the niyat of Qiyamul Layl, maybe Ishraq, now the person is constant on these few things. After three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, Alhamdulillah, there's been a constancy, so now there's a level of that this of firmness on these amal. Person is now established. There's a degree of istiqamat. Now this is like a foundation that has been placed. Foundation has been built. Now to build on this foundation is now easy now. Now one takes the next step. That now increase this tilawat now to half para. And make mashura about the other aspects as well. To increase that. So now when there is a gradual increase in moderation a person is going forward. Now this will then inshallah be lasting. And this is what Nabi Salaam is saying. That the most beloved of a'mal to Allah wa ta'ala are those a'mal that are constant. And even though it might be little in quantity, meaning the nafil, it's not too much, but it is constant. There has to be some nafil, but it is constant. That constancy brings tremendous benefit. When a person goes very quick, too high, tries to do too much one time, now read all the virtues of this amal, that amal, mashallah, those amal are very great, but it is like a dastarkhan where all the varieties of food have been placed. But it's obvious that a person can't eat everything one time. He'll have to eat gradually. Taste from here, taste from there. But he will now, in the spiritual side of things, make mashura with somebody and then find out and take it from there and move on to the extent of his or her capacity. They will be given advice accordingly. And if the person's capacity is more, they'll be told, okay, go ahead with more. Now this istiqamat is required on the one side in a'mal, at the same time, the istiqamat is extremely important to develop this istiqamat in staying away from things that are wrong as well. Both these things are necessary. Sometimes a person is making some a'mal, righteous actions, mashallah, very good. But at the same time, we haven't stopped the evils. So now if the evils have not been stopped, the benefit of these righteous actions of these nawafil is going to be drained away. A person is filling the tank, but he's allowed the water to flow out of the tap. He's drilled some holes at the bottom of the tank. All the water is getting drained out. So what he gets left with? Nothing. So the benefit of it, the ruhani spiritual benefit, is all drained out. So the amal that need to be done are there to strengthen us. But at the same time now, we have to make a concerted effort to get rid of all these things from our lives that take away all this. One person who, who apparently is in some madrasa, 
she writes asking for some advice. So wherever it is from, Allah knows best. And uh, it might be possibly somewhere Durban, could be somewhere Johannesburg too, Allah Ta'ala knows. So she's apparently in a madrasa and she's asking for advice. And she's saying that, Alhamdulillah, I'm doing these things, is amal. But I haven't stopped watching haram on my phone. And therefore I battle to perform my salah. I'm performing it, but I really battle. It's a struggle. It's a struggle to do my madrasa work and to make my tasbihat, etc. I'm doing it, but it's a real struggle. I really have to push myself. And I'm finding all this enthusiasm to be even studying deen, the enthusiasm to perform salah and to do other righteous amal, tilawat, is all dying. This was the word used. It's all dying. Now, on the one hand, this is the complaint that this enthusiasm is all dying. At the same time, there is this admission that I am also looking at all this haram. The person is admitting. Now, both the things are being mentioned side by side and that is exactly the, the, the whole question has got the answer in it. That you are complaining that something is dying. The enthusiasm is dying. This eagerness to perform salah is dying. This eagerness to make tilawat of the Quran Sharif is dying. This eagerness and this enthusiasm to make the tasbihat, to recite Durood Sharif. Such a great ibadat, Durood Sharif. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his favors upon us. And how much, with how much of love we should be reciting Durood Sharif. There are those great personalities who used to even go to the extent of just to take the Mubarak name of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They would rinse their mouths and sometimes even apply some ithar. Not that this is a requirement, but they were in a, in a condition of great adab, azmat, greatness for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This love for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that they couldn't take his name also without first cleansing their mouths. They said that such a great name, they would write it also, they would write with great care and in full they would write the Durood Sharif. This is also something which unfortunately many people, they write the Durood Sharif, they, after the name of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they'll write S-A-W. This is like a kind of miserliness that a person is just writing S-A-W. What does S-A-W stand for? A person should write the Durood Sharif, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is Durood on Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when a person has written this in full, as long as that remains written there, a person is getting rewarded for it. So now somebody is writing that every time that the name of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is coming, they're writing Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yes, it'll take a few seconds to write that. But what benefit? And after all, Durood on Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Subhanallah, what a tremendous thing. So now they are writing that with Azmat, with Muhabbat and in all various other aspects of writing things, what will give greater respect? How a name is written? What will give greater respect to it? Now, for example, we write Allah Ta'ala. So now you write Allah with a capital A. Now, this is not something that has come in any Hadith Sharif, that you must write Allah with a capital A. But the norm and the usage is that something of importance, a proper noun, has a capital, capital letter. And something now, somebody wrote your name, they wrote it with a small letter, you feel this person got no respect now, you just, you know, like I'm a nobody now. 
So you will not apply, now that's not a masla, that's not something you'll find in any fiqh kitab. That now in grade 8 you'll come now, after grade 7 now you'll come to grade 8, you'll do a very big fiqh kitab, where you'll find one masla there that you must write with a capital letter. It's not a masla of fiqh. But when there's a general understanding that this is the adab, then now you'll go according to the adab, you'll write the name of Allah Ta'ala accordingly, Allah with the capital A. Likewise, other aspects which are of significance, so you will write it in a way that denotes adab. Though that's not a fiqhi masla. Much of these adab aspects are what is understood to be adab. As long as it doesn't go against what is the dictates of deen. So, we digress from somewhere. We were talking about Duru Sharif. Now you'll write the Duru Sharif because this is out of love for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And you'll write it with respect. But what we were we digressing from one aspect to the other, I'm even forgetting where we started off. We were talking about istiqamat and istiqamat on deen. So in all these aspects, on the one side, we were talking about the person who was complaining that I am feeling these things are dying in me. So now, this enthusiasm is dying, this eagerness to perform salah, to make tilawat, to make zikr, to make tasbihat, this is dying. But what's killing it? That's the question. What is killing it? You yourself are stating that you are watching haram, so you already got the answer to the question that you are watching haram, the haram is killing all this. So the haram is killing the enthusiasm for the tasbihat, the haram is killing the enthusiasm for the salah, the haram is killing the eagerness to make dua, the heart is not inclined to this now, because this haram that is being watched, this haram that is being listened to, this haram that is being spoken, all this is zulmat. All this is darkness. So now when a person is listening to haram, there's haram engulfing the heart. When a person is talking haram, evil talk, vulgar talk, it's such a tragedy, it's such a tragedy, that this tongue which Allah Ta'ala has given us, such a great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. What a great gift. We should actually try this out sometimes. Just make a sort of, uh, some kind of, arrangement that we are not going to talk. Now don't do it in madrasa because the appa will ask some question in class. What is the answer to this? You say now in the bayan we were told not to, to practice on not talking for one day. So therefore today I am not going to talk. So I am not going to give any answers to. You did your homework. I am quiet now. Just an indication. No answer today. So not, not in madrasa but at home. Maybe while sitting with our friends. We decide for one day to just imagine Allah save us. Allah protect us. If we didn't have the gift of speech, how would we sit in a conversation now? I'm bubbling to say so many things, but I can't. I want to ask something. I can't. I'm saying something with signs. That person can't understand what I'm talking about. Now I want to. I, I'm feeling some pain. I'm trying to explain what exactly is the pain, but the, they're not getting the message. The sign that I'm giving is not exactly stating what with what exactly I'm experiencing. I want to. Congratulate somebody. I can't. I'm trying to say something. I want to try and warn somebody of something. I want to express my feelings in some matter. But totally dumb. I can't say a word. Can we imagine? What a difficult life. There are those servants of Allah Ta'ala who don't have this ni'mat. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with it. Then after having been blessed with such a great ni'mat and how we abuse it, we talk ill of others, we make ghibat, we lie, we backbite, 
we use this tongue for vulgar language, we use this tongue to backchat our parents, we hurt people's feelings with this tongue, we break people's hearts with it, and we talk all kinds of nonsensical things, and we mock somebody with this tongue, we keep finding fault in others with this tongue, make people humiliate them, make them feel bad by what we say, what a tragedy, what a tragedy. Allah Ta'ala forgive us. Allah Ta'ala purify us from all the ills of the tongue. Indeed, this is such a major thing. And in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu says, among the things that will take people most to Jahannam is the things that they have done with their tongues. The kind of statements they've made, the kind of things they've said, all kinds of stuff. This is what will cause the greatest problem for people. So, this is the aspect that now this zulmat that comes when a person is talking all kinds of evil now this creates zulmat in the heart the person is listening to music listening to ghibat listening to haram talk listening to other evils this is all creating zulmat, darkness it's filling the heart with darkness and especially the person looking at haram this totally drowns the heart in darkness now when the heart is drowned in darkness it's like a bat the bat feels extremely agitated in light. That is why it doesn't even come out in the day. And it comes out in darkness. Now, when a person now has brought in so much of darkness in the heart, and somebody starts talking something about deen, oh, oh that's like the most uncomfortable feeling. Hey, this person started off this talk now. This discussion now about some, the importance of salah, or some virtue of tasbih, or something about dua, what this person is now out of can't this person now we all talking and enjoying it and having fun about talking about our holiday and something else and here and there and, and this person now wants to talk about some targheeb and give us some encouragement to deen a very uncomfortable feeling why? because what that person is talking about is light but now the heart is filled with darkness so that heart now is feeling very uncomfortable in this light where there's something is shining somebody is now in this darkness and they are being told come into the masjid a man now a person a male come perform your salah in the masjid he is very uncomfortable Allah forbid there are people sometimes walk will walk right past the masjid while the salah is on and they won't come inside to perform the salah because the heart is not inclined to light because the heart is now drowned in darkness somebody started reciting Quran Sharif person feels uncomfortable so to sit down and listen to the Quran Sharif. Somebody else is reciting. Here I wake up and go somewhere else. But if there is something haram carrying on, there is some evil talk taking place, there is some haram being discussed, there is some haram somebody is being encouraged to listen to, some music, somebody is being shown something haram, now the person will be too ready. Why? Because that is darkness. And there is darkness in the heart. So like magnets, like poles attract. And unlike poles, they repel. So now there's light poles, there's darkness in the heart, there's darkness in those things that are being invited towards. So now the person is just going headlong. Now this is a dangerous thing. A very dangerous thing. Now this is where we have to now come on to const- bring this istiqamat on both aspects. One is the istiqamat in terms of the amal by the nawafil, etc., tasbihat, all the various other amal, that we start off gradually, 
and inshallah constancy and gradually we'll, we'll get to a destination in a very comfortable manner. We'll grow and we'll get to a destination. But you don't do things overnight, like we spoke about the diet. People go on a real diet overnight and they gave up eating this and gave up eating that and, and after two weeks now they're flat. Now they're covering up for all the things they didn't eat. And they're now making qaza. The person you ask him all your namaz qaza you made, that they didn't make the namaz qaza yet, but all the food qaza they're busy making up. They say, no, you know, two weeks I didn't eat, three weeks I didn't eat. So now I'm now making qaza now. But all this was the end result of, and now they make so much qaza, that whatever they lost, they gained double that. All this is against the manner that we have been taught in deen. person goes constantly, with constancy, moderation and constancy. And this is where the benefits lie. That a person, anything is doing, a person is now exercising to build up physical strength. And the person starts doing too much of exercise in one day. By the next day he'll collapse. Now he's pulled a muscle and he's done this and done that and can't manage it. But a person slowly is exercising and building up. Then he know, in time he can do a lot person can now do tremendously great amount of things, but it built up over time, gradually. But the same thing here now, that on the one side, we build this up. It's not to be neglected. But together with istiqamat, in a'mal, istiqamat, on the righteous actions, what is very important also is, to now develop istiqamat in refraining from haram. And in that process, there will be mujahada there will be some sacrifice, there will be some struggle within, there will be that temptation, that pull within us. But a person remains steadfast, a person remains firm, there is some tug of war within, and a person says, come what may, I am not going to break Allah Ta'ala's command. Now that starts filling the light inside the heart. Among the things that fills the greatest light in the heart, is that when a person is tempted towards haram, and the person does not give in. The person breaks that temptation. The person crushes that temptation. The person says, come what may, I will feel that pain in my heart, but I won't break the command of Allah Ta'ala. I will break my heart, but I won't break Allah Ta'ala's command. I will not look at that haram, and even if I feel very, very, like something is going to happen to me, doesn't matter, it will happen for Allah Ta'ala. But I'm not going to make the, commit the wrong. I'm not going to speak haram. I'm not going to make ghibat. And likewise all the other evils. That really brings great amount of nur. That one haram glance that a person saved oneself from. And felt that pain in the heart. The nur that comes as a result of having endured that pain. But not committed the haram. That nur is beyond the nur of an entire night of tahajjud. That nur is beyond the nur, not that we should think low of the hajjud na'uzubillah. No, no, that's a very great amal. But the nur that comes out of this one, saving oneself once from haram, and enduring that pain, enduring that mujahada, the nur that comes out of this mujahada is more than the nur that comes from a night of the hajjud. So we need to bring this very deeply into our hearts and minds. That this is the the line that we are going to take. And you'll get people now, when a person takes this decision, person makes this firm resolution, and we should start doing this now. Think within ourselves. 
what am I going to start moving forward in? Allah Ta'ala has given me such a wonderful opportunity, saved me from all the environments out there, environments where shaitan is really ruining people, environments where everything around one is totally there to destroy one's iman, one's akhlaq, one's haya, everything. Allah Ta'ala saved me from all those environments and put me in an environment of deen. What a great na'mas from Allah Ta'ala. Now, am I just going to just be casual and carry on like nothing? Life must carry on. No, I need to now start moving forward. So what am I going to start progressing in? What amal am I going to start developing in my life? Some nawafil, some tasbihat, some with mashwara with our seniors, with our muallimas, some mashwara and find out some direction. And together with that, what am I going to now start clearing out of my life? What wrong? I must make a move forward now. What weaknesses I have? I am perhaps not fully practicing on the laws of Parda. So now one step forward. Now what's the next step? I need to start moving forward. I need to start progressing, getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. So as a person, everything will take its course. But there must be this constant movement. One one step at a time sometimes. But there must be this constant movement closer to Allah Ta'ala. It won't happen overnight. But if there is this concern to start off with, and together with the concern, there is this deep desire that I want to get close to Allah Ta'ala. And there is this dua for that. And there is an effort for it. That effort might be gradual, it might be one step at a time, but it is constant. Then we will see, inshallah, sooner or later, how everything will become not just so easy, it will become a pleasure to do what we are supposed to do, and it will become a pleasure to refrain from the things that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden us from. Like a person, he was walking and he last minute saw some filth and he managed to just divert himself without falling into it. How happy he feels, Alhamdulillah, I got saved. If I didn't see this puddle of filth, I would have fallen into it. And how, how terribly I would have been messed. So now he missed it. He feels very happy within himself. He is very grateful. Likewise, when a person then misses the sin, got saved from it, he won't feel like I lost out. He'll be very happy. He'll feel relieved. He'll feel so grateful. Allah Ta'ala saved me, subhanAllah. What about people who went to the fair here and there? What would happen? Alhamdulillah. From the depth of the heart that Alhamdulillah will come. Allah Ta'ala saved me person will actually feel grateful, will feel happy about it. And otherwise, it will be the opposite. But this comes from where? From this constant movement, this concern, this fikr, this desire to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, the dua for that. And together with that, some effort, Allah Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq, give us this istiqamat on deen. This dua is something that we should be making for ourselves, for all our colleagues, our fellow students, for our families, for everybody. Dua for all the efforts of deen. MashaAllah, the ishtima is going to take place next month in Ladysmith. From now, we all should be making our share in this great work of deen that will take place. Thousands of people will come. They will be participating and inshallah will get inspired from whatever advices will be given there. Many, many people have changed their lives for the better at an ishtima. Meaning that they attended an ishtima and that's where the heart changed. 
and that's where they made the positive mo- uh, decision in their lives. Allah knows best how many more will, this will happen for how many more in this ishtima to come as well. Allah Ta'ala make it such. Now, we have made dua, even if we couldn't do anything else, but dua we can all make, and we made dua daily for one minute, two minutes. We made dua for the success of the ishtima, for it to become a means of hidayat for the whole of mankind, for it to become a means of hidayat for everybody that will attend, and that hidayat must spread to us as well. And everything must go very well, with ease, with afiyat. Now, we will be making dua, and by means of our dua, we'll become those who will get a full share of all the good that will come out of the istima. And likewise, all the other good efforts of deen that are taking place throughout the world, by simply making dua for every work of deen that is taking place, which is according to the command of Allah Ta'ala, the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then by making dua for the success of these efforts, we will become shareholders in the reward that will be given. So, may Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala grant us a tawfiq and make us those who are mustaqeem, who are steadfast on deen, in doing righteous actions, and in refraining from all that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا لِلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحاب اجمعين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب